Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome in to Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual personal coach. We're so excited about today. We are finishing up our series that we started about three weeks ago on righteousness, refining, and today will be representation. Michael is so awesome. I have truly, truly, truly um, been filled with a lot of wisdom from listening to the show and listening to Michael as we did the show live. It's always available in the archives. Michael is on the phone with us, so everybody welcome Michael Farmer to the show. Hi, Michael. Happy Tuesday morning to you. Happy Tuesday morning to you. And also to everyone in Blog Talk Radio Land. I didn't get a chance. To, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to hear the introduction on the Blog Talk Radio. It kind of sets, It kind of gets me. Gives me prime for the show, so I didn't get a chance to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you missed it just a little, but um, of course you know it was there. So um, just say Blog Talk Radio. You know how you like to mimic what they say. But we're excited. We know we're finishing up this series. A lot of amazing things have happened through the week. Um, I just wanted to make a couple of announcements that, because um, God is so good, I'm telling you, and it all starts with believing and receiving and being faithful and understanding who you are. And it is a process. It is a process. As Michael asked us a few weeks ago, do you really know who you are? And I have been uh, spending a lot of quiet time asking myself that question. So, um, But we'll talk about that later. I want to tell everybody that's listening that starting on – October 10th, my show, the Loretta McNary TV show, will be airing in Nashville, Tennessee on News Channel 5 Plus. Um, and if you got cable and direct and all that, you hear my grandson. Um, you can find the show on there as well. Also, here locally on the CW30, you can catch Loretta McNary's show, TV show. At, on Fridays at 2 a.m., yeah. you got to get up or put the DVR and you can find Michael, I'm going to turn it over to you while Kyle is trying to steal the show again. <laughs> well, as, as you said before, we this is the finishing touches on the series, Back to the Basics, the three R's, which, of course, is not reading, writing, arithmetic. That's for you. <laughs> That's the elementary portion, my dear. But this time we're talking about something that's going to grow you up and make you mature in the things of God. And, of course, that is righteousness, refining or refinement, if you want to make it a noun, and also representation. And that's what we're going to talk about today is representing who you with is, is one of my old favorite comedians. <laughs> you, know, you know, who you represent, though, who, who are you demonstrating? What is your conduct? Uh, demonstrating, are you a faithful representative of the Lord Jesus Christ and are you a faithful ambassador to the kingdom of God? And that's what we're going to be dealing with on today. And, of course, the two things that we've talked about helps you become a better representative, a representative of course, and that's always 
Righteousness is one of the things that God always wants us to, re- to represent concerning him. Righteousness, I mean, it's, right. it is one of the things that he, he told us that we, that what we should be seeking first in the kingdom. So if, if that's the priority of uh, what we should be seeking in the kingdom, then let's know it's very important to him. Then, of course, you know, it's, um, the the Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. That means it's not, not natural things, but it's righteousness. Once again, there was the word righteousness, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we know that the Holy Ghost is a very important person in the kingdom of God. And that's what I like. I like to deal with kingdom principles. Mm-hmm. Because we, as Christians, we live in this spiritual, we live in a spiritual kingdom. We have dual citizenship as Christians. We, of course, have our natural citizenship wherever country that you're living in. And also you have your spiritual citizenship, which is of the kingdom of God, and also of the kingdom of heaven. So that's what we're going to conclude on today with is talking about uh, the representation side. But before we do that, let's, let's kind of review, you know, some highlights that we've talked about in the past couple of weeks. And, of course, on the righteousness side, we just mentioned one of the support scriptures for that, which is Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Some people uh, normally leave that, that phrase out. They say, well, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. No, you seek first the kingdom of God and a conjunction. It's this for and his righteousness. Mm, yeah. And all the, and the things that you have need of to get you through the natural side of life. He said, here's just add those to you. So that's what that deals with. And then, of course, we talked about, uh, well, well what, what, what stood out to you? I got a, of course, I got a long laundry list of things, but I want to know what, what stood out to you in the righteousness part of it. That um, I used to think you just had to, you know, it was given by works. You know, I, I'm one of those people who, even as a child, I thought if I did good, if I, I could earn my parents' love. Not that that was an automatic given thing. I thought I had to earn it. You know, and I thought okay. if I got in trouble that, you know, they didn't love me anymore. So I, I handled my relationship with with Jesus and God, you know, the same way oh. that I had to be super, super good if I wanted to have some kind of righteousness. I had to be in that way, you know, because if you're going to be good like that or in your head just super, super good like, like I was thinking as a kid, but you don't need you know, you know, it's like I didn't need Jesus. I didn't need his grace. I didn't need his mercy because I'm going to be super, super good. I'm not going to do anything wrong. I'm just going to earn his love. It's going to be earned. But righteousness comes through Jesus Christ. And so I, yeah. that, and I've heard it before, but it just really um, became ingrained in my heart and my soul when you said it. You know, Jesus makes us righteous. Because of him, we're righteous. That's right. Well, that's good. So that's what stood out. And, and and I still want to just really just just implore the ones who are listening today that you go back two weeks to archives two weeks ago and listen to the one Fuller is talking about because I, I and it, it was a blessing to me like this she she truly bare her soul during that time and it, <laughs> it, it 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 taught me some things just basically with with what she was talking about and what she was going through it. it it helped me, it helped define and also refine some things. What she was talking about, especially talking about the, you know, the thing dealing with them 
uh, the term melancholy and oh yeah at the end yeah. you know and, and 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 at the end of being melancholy you know God's holiness is still there and that man that was I, I think I, I think he allowed her to go through that so a lot of people could identify and experience that because I I think what you just mentioned a lot of people think the same way Loretta. Oh, yeah. That, oh, no, yeah. that righteousness has to be earned. Uh, no, righteousness just has to be received and then has to be walked in. That's that's the simplicity Ooh. of it. And, yeah. And as I say in, in time and time and time again, it is the simple things of the kingdom of God that trip most people up. I used mm-hmm. to call it, I, there was a song that was years ago and I heard it and they say, you know, we, you know, you know we, we live in a, back, a backwards kingdom. And I was when I thought about that one day, and I was really singing it. And I said, "God, the, world, the kingdom is not backwards; the world is backwards. <laughs> so the kingdom is going <laughs> in the right direction, because because in the kingdom you have to live. I mean, you have to die in order to live. Mm. You have to give up in order to gain. Mm. You know, we you know we we consider that backwards when it's not. No, that's the natural order of things. The world's way say no. You gotta you gotta you 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 got to give it up to get it. Yeah, you got to live before you die. More and, more. Yeah. and yeah. you know you you ain't got time to die. You got to think about how long you gonna live. And and Jesus emphatically says if you try to if you try to save your life, you are gonna lose it. And if you try mm-hmm. and if you lose his life for his sake, he said you're gonna gain it. You're gonna gain more of it. So that's what that's what the kingdom is all about. Is is as the Bible says, that he uses the, the foolish things to confound our wisdom. And uh-huh. God has to do that. And, and sometimes it's the simple things that God used to trip up, and that's what the simple things is what tripped up the Pharisees, even in Jesus' day. Well, that's enough of the righteousness. There's a lot more. I just you know, encourage you to really go back and listen to it. I, I think this is going to be one of my, what I call one of my hallmark series. I think I'm going to have to resort to quite a bit. I think this is one of them. And of course we on last week we talked about being refined and you know, God's way is that we're that we're refined by his word and also by his Holy Spirit, which is his perfect will. And of course we also we also talked about, you know, his good and his acceptable will, his permissible will that if you want to be refined by affliction and tribulation, then that's good with him too. So I would I would rather choose choose the uh, the former and not the latter. <laughs> but, but but of course, but of course, the latter is the most convenient teacher. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher. You know, we another backward thing that we say that you know, experience is the best teacher. No, in the kingdom, the Holy Spirit is the best teacher. Absolutely. We just allow. We just allow the experiences of life to. We rather choose that because that's the thing that gets that gets our attention. But the thing that gets his attention is obedience. So those are the two. Those are two things. And I and and time would just even fail me to go back and even think of a lot of things that we talked about and not even in my notes. So. <laughs> that's, oh yeah, that's it, it was deep. It. So, yeah. So it, we covered so a lot of ground. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. We we covered a lot of ground in the past two weeks, and I I literally have to go back and listen to it myself and write down some notes, add the things that were revealed while I was talking, and add those to the the notes I have today. Well, without 
further delay, let's talk about representation. And, of course, we're going to let's find that. they give you a good foundation scripture for that. And that's going to be over in, go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I think I'm going to have to find it while Loretta's doing granny duty. I am, yeah. It's fall <laughs> break, and I just, you know, he's here. Kylan Chandler McNary, he, he will fill a show in a minute. <laughs> but he's getting ready to go to sleep now, so we're good. So I'll be able to really participate a little more. But, Michael, you are more than um, capable of doing this thing with me. At, cause oh, I'm yeah. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to read this from... From the NIV, the NIV is one of my, lately has been one of my go-to just reading English versions. And this this whole thing starts, this whole chapter starts with a familiar scripture that is read during funerals. And a lot of people think some scriptures in the Bible just intended for funerals. No, we just use them for funerals. <laughs> but the one is, Second uh, Corinthians 5 and 1 says, well, we know that if the earthly tent we live in is, is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And it says, meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed and stayed with our heavenly dwelling. What most people don't know that the end of your salvation is that you have a body that God has designed just for you, and we call a glorified body. That's the thing that, that we groan within ourselves, to be clothed with. And you get those times of frustration and you just feel just deep grown on the inside of you. That's your that's your that's your that's your new house groaning, I mean calling on you. Your old house is groaning, but the new house is calling out to you. And I'm ready to be delivered. And Bible and the Bible even tells us that creation itself groans in expectation for the manifestations of the sons of God. And, of course, we know the sons of God are those who are led by his spirit, and that's what we talked about during the righteousness section of it, when we were dealing with that that eternal question, do you really know who you are? So, that, so I'm not going to deal with that part of it, but, it was, but that's what, so, and so it, still thinking in that same vein, Paul is talking, of, of course, to the church at Corinth, in the letter to the church at Corinth, and he's addressing some issues, and he's, he's beginning this particular issue with that, you know, not no, not to give up, to stay in there and stay in the fight, even though, even though things may seem difficult, though it may seem like things are being delayed and it takes, it's taking a while for the promises of God to manifest in your life. He said just, Hang in there. So verse 6 says that, Therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. And most people don't realize that as long as we are in these natural bodies, we here in the earth, we know that we, we are not there. Spiritually, we are already there with the Lord. But at one point, at some point, hopefully in the near future, we're going to be there beholding him face-to-face. And that's where Mm -hmm. verse 7 says, for we live by faith and not by sight. King James says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. 
And I'm just going to keep reading because I, I wanted it, it, it's on a climax in what I want to cover on today. Okay. And it says, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So during during this during time during the at the judgment seat of Christ, you will be judged for whether it was something you good or bad. Look at verse eleven. That's where this whole discussion about the representation is going to start, and it's actually ends at the down in verse twenty. It says, since then we know that, I'm sorry, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. But we are as plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but I've given you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Very powerful statement. So he says in, the, in this last verse, these couple of verses here, says this, that the, the love of God compelled, was compelling them. Or what, what was the thing that was driving, was the driving force behind what Paul was doing? He said, Christ's love is the thing that is driving me. He said, because he was convinced that one died for all, and in one time for all, all of us have died. You need to do, you, you, can, can you grasp that concept? That See, that's, what, that's, that's exactly what I'm going over over in my mind, um, because he died for all, all died. Yes. Wow. It's deep. All have died. And then 15 says, and he died for all, and there's a reason that he died for all. He said that those who live should no longer live for themselves. And that's what this whole representation thing is going to get ready to talk about. He said, but for him who died, no, I'm sorry, we, we should no longer live for, that we should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And remember, if, if he died we died. If he was raised again, guess what? We were raised we're again. Raised. Mm-hmm. We're raised again. So because we are raised again, he said, because we have died, what other choice do you have but to live for him? His, his mm-hmm. love it should be that driving thing, that thing that constrains you, as the King James says. And I be said, compels. And compels is a powerful word. I mean that you're doing something out of compulsion. That's where the word compulsion comes from. It's a result of being compelled. Look at verse 16. He says, so from now on, so I mean from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. 
Now, you know it, it takes the Spirit of God to help you to do that. He <laughs> said, though we once regarded Christ in this way, he said, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do, we do so no longer. So at, at some point, you got to think, they literally knew Christ in the flesh. He said, but we don't know him that way anymore. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And it's an exclamation point. He said, the old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry. I think the King James says gave us the word of reconciliation. That Christ, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. And how and how was he doing that, or rather, it's in the next in the next phrase, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Well, there it is. That's why he, Christ, in 18, said what there was correct. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In 19, he said now he has committed. The word committed means that he has put on the inside of us mm-hmm. the message or the word of reconciliation. And I did, I read all of that to get down to this verse, Loretta. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And the word ambassador means that we are his representatives. We are his his authorized representatives. As though God were making his appeal to us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And, of course, this whole thing ended with the phrase that Christ became sin. He became sin for who? For us. He didn't do that for himself. He did that for us. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God. So if you believe that Christ died, became sin, died for your sins, then we should from this point forward live a life of righteousness and not a life of sin. Why? Because if you did for something, you, you if if you did for something, you can no longer live in it. Right, it means nothing to you because you'll hear me the you know when I get angry at somebody or they um getting over a person. This is just kind of an analogy. Then you know they're like you're dead to me. That means I'm oh, through yeah. you. Oh, yeah. You mean I'm nothing great. to me. I never want to see you again. I'm nothing. never going back there. Yeah. Nothing. You would, and, and and that's a perfect analogy. People use that use that use that phrase all the time. You look, look. Don't call me no more. You you are dead to me. In other words, <laughs> yeah. all that you did in the past, all the things that you, all the good that you did in the past, guess what? It, it no longer matters. So on the flip side of that coin, all that, all the evil or all the sin that we've done in the past, it no longer matters. Why? Because if we were, if if we receive Jesus as the atonement for that sin, 
then it was in, in and and I and, and I like to use the the first John version, <laughs> the first John version of you of this. It is impossible for you to say it. And I and I know that's a very controversial statement. But I'm a firm believer in the word. I don't, I don't pick and choose in the Bible for what I choose to believe. Mhm. Wow. The Bible says the Bible tells us in First John. I think it's over in First First uh, John, right between chapters two and four, says that if Christ's seed is on the inside of us, and of course that seed is, is the Holy Spirit, He said it is impossible. For you to sin, and I'm not going to. We we talked about this in times past. I'm not going to go mm-hmm. down that road. I'm going to have to do it next week since I don't, I don't open the can. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to deal with it. But we're not going to deal with it right now. But we're talking about being representative, and a faithful representative is one who's going is who is going to represent not only the kingdom. But he also represents the king of the kingdom, Ooh. and 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 when we represent him, we represent his character. We represent everything that he stands for, just like well, we we, we represent his government, his governing abilities, and he and the Bible tells us that he rules all things in what righteousness. So righteousness is the thing that he uses to rule his kingdom. We even, we even read that in uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 1 two weeks ago, that the scepter of his kingdom is the scepter of righteousness. So in order for us to be that ambassador, we are to go forth into the world and compelling people who have not been reconciled to Christ that they should. Mm-hmm. And and your life should be the reason why that they make that decision because they see it in you. Right. Not and this has to be how we live, that, not what you say. Yeah. Exactly. Not only he first of all gave you the ministry of reconciliation and then he put on the inside of you the word of reconciliation. And there should be not anything coming out of your mouth that's not coming out of your heart. And there should not be anything that's coming out of your mouth through your heart that you're not acting upon. Mm. So we will talk about we're talking about today being being that representative, that ambassador. They talk about just like when when the uh, when ambassadors for the United States go all around the world. And they take different places. They they take with them what what our country stands for: liberty and freedom. Freedom. Those are those who are the driving forces that they talk they talk about. They talk about democracy every time they they go in there. That's what those ambassadors do when they go into a war. What they're doing, they're representing what the United States stands for. So that's what that's what we are. That's what we are. That's what Paul. That's what Paul is compelling the readers here in not only at the church at Corinth, but also at the church in whatever city you are. <laughs> he says that he's he's imploring us 
And he says that we, he said, and because we have the ministry and the word of reconciliation, he said we are Christ's ambassadors. We are his representatives. We have been authorized to represent him. Why have we been authorized to represent him? Because it's oh, on the inside of us. Yeah, exactly. Because, because it's on the inside of us. <laughs> and but I, I but I but I like how I like how he I wouldn't read it again, but I just like how I can I can feel his appeal every time I read this verse. Mm. And he said we are there, we are therefore because of what he just talked about. We are Christ's ambassadors. He said, as though God were making his appeal to us. So think about that, Loretta. When you're when you're out there and and you know you walked upon somebody and you and you know they they don't have any peace, and and one one thing in the kingdom of God is peace. Mm-hmm. He said, when you're talking to that person or you're ministering to that person, he said it should be as though God Himself was making that appeal through you. Then he says, we implore you. <laughs> oh, matter of fact, we we almost begging you on Christ be, on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Mm. Now, what is the need for reconciliation? Most people would think, well, ask, well, why do I need to be reconciled to God? Well, the word reconcile means to to bring back into harmony, or to bring back, or to bring back into friendship. To bring back into harmony, or to bring back into friendship. So, so because of what Adam did in the garden, and we know what Adam did. Adam what? One word. Adam sinned. Sinned. Mm-hmm. Adam sinned. And and that's what caused the disharmony, and in the eyes of God, caused him to be become an alien. I'm not. I, I don't want to use the word enemy because it's, it's it's too it's too strong. But he was alienated from the presence of God, even to the point that he was driven out of the garden. And at the and at the entrance of the garden, he says he put there an angel with a flaming sort of fire to keep them from coming back into it. So sure. we were we so, See, that's something I never so, heard before, Michael. Yeah, yeah, there is there is I, I never I, I I'm sure it is because you wouldn't have said it. I know without a doubt you wouldn't have said it if you had you couldn't back it up. But I had never heard that before. And I and I've yeah, been going to church I know my earliest members is four or five years old. But I've never heard that an angel was put at the entrance of the garden after they were put out with a flaming fire. Uh, I never heard that. Yeah, I'm gonna have wow. to because since I since I've opened it up, I'm gonna have to I'm have to show it to you. If you don't, I sure will. I'm gonna look at that, <laughs> not because I don't believe you, but because I want to I, I want to know you know where it become where it was that I didn't see it. Wow, that's so deep and profound for me. Because I never thought about it. That you know, why didn't they just go back? 
because I would have never tried to go back. Because when I got in trouble, I took it serious. <laughs> so well, it's, I it, it, never... it is. It is actually found in Galatians three and twenty four. Well, for verse twenty three, and I'm reading it from the uh, NIV, and it says, "So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to walk the ground from which he had been taken." After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Because you have to think, if, if Adam had a guy back into the garden and ate from the tree of life, guess what? He would have lived forever. No. The whole, the whole thing would have changed. Everything would have changed. The whole thing. I mean, the whole history of the world and you know, would have changed. So it's, it's Galatians what, Michael? Oh, Genesis. Genesis 3. I'm sorry, oh, Genesis. Genesis 3. Yeah. Because I'm yeah, like, Genesis. you know, it, it could have been, you know, I thought maybe some, you know, Paul was, you know, re, re, rephrasing what was happening in Genesis because we know all that took place in Genesis. But, okay, Genesis 3? Yes. Genesis 3 and 23. Mm. Wow. I cannot believe how I missed that. And I've read so, the Bible many times, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. Oh, but I missed that. So, but so, so, but, 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 as we saw, God always has a remnant. He always has a plan. He, from that moment, He had a plan to restore the fellowship that man once had with Him. You have to think God came down in the cool of the day, and He walked. With Adam and Eve, he he fellowship. He was a friend, and and he gave him one commandment. He said, "All of the trees you see in the garden, you can eat from." He said, "But if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, you the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die." And Adam chose wow. to disobey God. And when he disobeyed God, I mean, he sinned against God. And God doesn't, and I don't care what church you go to or who you listen to or what Bible you read, God does not tolerate sin. And I know that's a very unpopular message in this day and time. And they like to well, no, God is a God of tolerance. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that what tolerance is 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 uh, it's not the right word. He's long-suffering because he's not willing that any man should perish. But God doesn't tolerate sin. God has the blood of Jesus to atone for man's sin. So just because... He doesn't break forth on it. That means that doesn't let you know an, an another attribute of his love, which is called long suffering, is in is in operation. Mm. Because, because you don't you don't want to get to the point when you're in that state of sin where his righteousness, which is another attribute of his love, breaks forth on you. Because when righteousness breaks forth on sin, then guess what? You have to be judged. Mm. 
So God wants us to be representatives, and, and, and you can be that faithful representative when you know who you are, when you know who your father is, when you know who you're representing. So unless you know that, you're not representing yourself. The, the, the mere fact that says I'm representing that you know that I'm not coming in my own stead. I'm coming on behalf of someone else as a representative. Mm. Right, and everything you do is a reflection of whoever you're representing. Yes. So like exactly. if you work for yes. a company and yes. you go out there and you do really well, then they think, hey, that's a great company. But if you go out and you're representing a company, your company, and you do something, you know, illegal or something that people frown upon, you, maybe you cheated somebody or there was a discrepancy yeah. and it turned out really bad, then people are going to say, well, you know what, wow, that business must be bad or that owner must be bad. And so the same thing with us being ambassadors of Christ. Whatever we do is a reflection of him to other people, not to him from him, but other people see that, well, you know, I don't want to be a part of that. Is that you know, that's how they do. So, oh, yeah. And people are judged by that. They they love God or hate God or, oh, or say he exists or don't exist because of what we do in this earth realm, not because of him. But because yes. what we do as Christians, so I, I that makes a lot of sense, and we have to look at it simplified like that. So you never want to be accused when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You never want to be accused or judged of Christ that you misrepresented Him. Mm-mm. You went out and you told people you were a Christian, but all they saw in your life was blatant sin. That's a total misrepresentation of God. You are not an ambassador. You are a traitor. Because you are because because you are not representing the true character of the one who authorized you to go out there to represent him. As you said, if if, if I'm going out there and I'm I'm representing a company, this company sends me to a conference. And some of their core values, the core values of this company is, you know, great customer service, you know, the customer first, um, high integrity, and and then you hit the booth and you you drunk and you carouse and, and, and you know, the company has high morals and high standards, you know, and, and you're doing something totally different <laughs> from what that company stands for. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's shedding a bad light on the company. In other words, the company is being misrepresented, misrepresented. You are you are you are representing the company in a bad light. The company already already has a true nature to it. And, and and that's what happens. That's what happens when we live lives of hypocrisy, when we live lives of blatant sin, when we live lives of unforgiveness. Everything that is opposed to the kingdom, those are the things that people who are not in the kingdom are going to remember about the kingdom. They're going to remember you. They're going to remember. And I, and I never want to be the one that somebody stands for God and says that, you know, well, I didn't, I didn't become a Christian because I, I, I worked around a bunch of them. They were nothing but hypocrites. And then that reference is being made to me. 
that's fed up his truth. So that's how we have to think as representatives of God. You don't want anybody to, to come in and say, to stand before God and say, well, you know, I, I know I had an opportunity to repent, Lord, and they're just standing at the, at, the, at, at the judgment seat, you know, about to be judged eternally whether they're going to go to heaven or whether they're going to go to hell. And, and the deciding factor why that person died in the kingdom because one of his so-called Christians, one of his so-called representatives misrepresented him to this person. I wonder what God would do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Do you think God would give that person another chance? I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not giving things definitely. I'm just throwing it out there. Knowing the true nature of my father, you know something? I believe God will allow that man to come back into his body in the earth and give him another chance. And, and I firmly believe that's what happened to a lot of people. When they have that, when they say they they have these near death, they have these death experience. They go to the light and they hear this voice, and all of a sudden they're back in their bodies. Yeah, I believe God. I believe God's given an opportunity to get it right. Mm, that's what I call a second chance for real. And oh. and, and yeah, you hear stories about that, but I, it, it's just a question. It's a it's a rhetorical question. It's not it's nothing I can just. Take you the scripture, and he hadn't revealed it to me. It's just I just thought about that. But since we're talking in, since we're talking in the vein of being representatives, and that's one thing that we have to be very cognizant of, Loretta, as when we label or we identify ourselves as Christians, is that we don't want to misrepresent the one who authorized us to to represent him, to represent his character, his standards, his morals. And that's why it's so important to learn, to read, to study for yourself. Um, to listen. You can't say. To teach this with Michael. <laughs> you know, please. I'm telling because it has truly helped me. Now, it doesn't replace my going to church and my membership at Hope Presbyterian. It doesn't replace my teaching what I get there. It's just an enhancement. Exactly. It adds to it. It's extra. Yes, it does. It's extra it stuff. Value. It's more time spent in the Word. Definitely. It adds value to what I'm already doing because just that Sunday is not enough. Even And I even have my quiet time studying every day, every morning. I do that. I, I study God's Word. Well, sometimes I, I have to say I just read His Word. I'm not really studying. I'm reading to say I read it because it's important to me to read, to spend the time in God's Word. And then there are sometimes when I do study, but I think this is studying, Mike. We're not just reading the word. We're not just sharing the word. We're going in deep. We're making sense of it. We are applying it to everyday situations. We are reaching back to past teachings and, and making it make more sense. So that's what you call study yeah. when there's dialogue, when there's, oh, I didn't know that, but now I do. But if you're just reading Reading the word is good too. I'm not saying it's not. You should read it because it'll get down on the inside, and you can re- when you hear a verse, you can refer. Oh, I read that. And so we're just helping you to understand what these verses mean, where they're found, what it means to us today. Um, so that's what I really love about the show. It's not a replacement. We're, we you have to. You should definitely belong to a church and spend time there, go and worship with like-minded individuals. 
But this is like an additive, an enhancement, something extra. <laughs> yeah, this is extra. Solidified. Yeah, and, and a lot of times, like I said, it I, it helps me because I like this scripture today about the, the cherubim, you know, with the flaming sword. I've read Genesis a thousand times. Well, not a thousand, but many, many times I've heard it a thousand <laughs> times. But I never, never grabbed on to that, that Adam, he had to do this so Adam wouldn't go back and, and take from the tree of life. Because if he did, and, yeah. and God says, he'll be like one of us, again, yeah. telling you that the Trinity existed. Then that yes. Jesus was yes. there, it, it you know, so it, and I learned all of that today by listening to Michael and participating in um, dialogue, this conversation, this radio show. So wow, that's huge. And you know, something I was sitting here, I said, "Wow, it's amazing." I said, "I said this, I think I probably set a record." I said, "Because I, I actually have not gone away from." This uh, this uh, chapter that we're in. Well, I went to Genesis, but it, but you know something that I was talking with Lord. What is another example of someone not being a faithful representative? Then, of course, immediately he brought to my uh, my remembrance about the story of Gehazi. You remember uh, Gehazi? Gehazi mm-hmm. was the uh, Gehazi was was a uh, was a servant of the of the of the prophet Elisha. And uh, Naaman, no, not Elijah, Elijah. Naaman came. Naaman came to him. Naaman was a Syrian, and Naaman's servant sent sent him sent her to the prophet to be healed. He said, "No, do it else. There's a prophet that I used, I know that you can go and be healed of this leprosy." And then when so he got his his entourage together, and they went to the prophet's house. When he got there, when he got there, the, the prophet sent him. The prophet didn't come out himself. He sent a servant out and told him to go dip himself in the Jordan seven times. Well, of course, Naaman was angry because because he sent a representative instead mm-hmm. of himself to, to answer him. And then Naaman's servant said, "Well, you know, if, now if, if, if he had told you to do something grand and you come all this way to which you have not done it, mm-hmm. he said, you know." In other words, what do you have to lose? So, of course, Naaman went and he did it seven times. On the seventh time when he came up, his skin was new as baby skin, as, as the uh, servant said. So he, he went back to the man of God, the prophet, and said, well, no, what can I do for you? I said, nothing. There, there's nothing you can do. And sent him on his way. Well, Gehazi, his representative, ran behind them and said, uh, my master changed his mind. He wants mm-hmm. a, a change of clothes and some other stuff to go along with it, where he, he would receive the gift of him. He, he misrepresented. Mm-hmm. He misrepresented the prophet. Well, he, he wasn't authorized to go out there to do that. Well, when he got back, the prophet asked him, where have you been? He said, I haven't been nowhere. He said, Yes, you did, because when you, when you went, my heart went with you. Mm. He, said, now, he said, now the leprosy that was on Haman, it would now be on you, and not on you, but also your descendants. So it's, a, it's a, so it's a bad thing to go out there and misrepresent 
That's why God says that anybody that adds to my word to take away from my word, he says they are cursed. Ooh. And, and just for a reference, um, my God, just for, for people that are listening, because um, you know, you know, you know this word. I promise you know it. And I had heard of, and I'd read that story in Second Kings about Elijah's um, servant and the Naaman. You know, because I, I love that when he, we again, it was so simple that he didn't believe it was going to work. And so we, I kind of lost that this key part, this. Uh, Elijah's servant, Gehazi, and that's G-E-H-I-Z-I. I Googled it, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, what'd you say, Michael? I'm going to so thank y'all for technology. <laughs> yes, yes. So, is, so if you want to look at it and you're like, okay, I don't remember that, but it, it is Gehazi, and it's G as in George, E-H-I-Z-I, and there's even a Wikipedia on it, but um, if you just go to... Second um, Kings, you will find the story of Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God, said to himself, "My master was too easy on Naaman, this Aramean, by not accepting him from what he said." And then he does; he misrepresents him. He, he, his people knew who he was. You know, people knew who he was. So when he went back, of course, you're going to think Elijah changed his mind and said, "Hey, I changed my mind. I do want you to give me this silver and these garments." And again, just like we were using the analogy about working for a company and going to do something, it was it was um, it was a reflection on the company. So this is a reflection on Elisha when his servant did that. Oh, Michael, that is an awesome analogy. That is straight from the Bible. <laughs> Our misrepresentation, of, you know, to bring our story to light for everybody. You can just read the prophet Elijah's servant in Second um, Kings, about the fifth chapter. So, so, so that's why God really put upon my heart to really to do this series uh, about righteousness, refining, and representation. And of course, the the the, the sub I guess the subtopic, the topic of that called back to the basics, the three R's. Mm-hmm. And those are the three R's that He gave me to to give to His people. And and when I minister, I I, I minister to God's people. That's who I'm called to. I'm called. To the body of Christ, I'm called to the kingdom. Now, it's not to say that I don't I don't witness the people when it's when that time that time comes, but he is he is he is given he is given me the ministry as a fivefold minister, and 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 I walk in the altar as a prophet. If I have said it so many times before, so he's so one of my main job assignments is that I should be edifying or building up the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. That is that is one of my major job assignments as a minister of the gospel. And that is and that is my purpose. My goal is to do it to the best of my ability and my and my and my ultimate goal is to do it where it totally pleases the one who called me to do it, and I, and I want to be that faithful representative. I don't, I, I don't ever want to be named as someone that was a hindrance to a saint or to a sinner because of my conduct or something that they've seen that I do. So there's, it's, it's, it's one of the things that's a part of me, and that's why I'm almost like compelling those who are listening today that they do it. And 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 people are going to talk about you. They're going to, you know, they're going to say you think you all this, and you ain't you 
you think you're holier than thou and all that. But you you need to deflect and deflect that like someone throwing a ball on the wall. Don't let that phase you one bit. That's just persecution. That's something that you have to suffer if it's it's persecution. And you just go on and say, no, the Bible expects me to live a life of righteousness. It doesn't mean that I'm better than someone. It just means that I have accepted the righteousness of God when he extended it to me. When he he took my sins, he gave me his righteousness. And, man, that was an uneven exchange. And I'm not going to throw it back in his face. <laughs> so, so, so you have to, and it's so many ways you can look at it. And that's what I'm trying to give you so many ways to look at it. Don't let no one call you down from your position of righteousness. Don't let no one call you down from your position of holiness. Don't you let no one call you down from your position of righteousness. There's nothing wrong with reaching down to help someone up to where you are. Well, you want to go down momentarily to bring them out, but you don't go down down to where they are to fellowship with them, just to appease them. You don't come down right. from your walk. You don't come down from your walk in order to pacify or to appease them or to show them that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm still one of the girls. I'm still one of the boys. No, <laughs> no, you're not. You are now God's representative, and He don't want you to misrepresent Him. That's right, and um, our my pastor, um, Pastor Craig, he was we were teaching on Nehemiah, and one thing that he said that I again I, I love the story of Nehemiah when he goes back and rebuild the wall, he goes back, you know, oh, to Jerusalem, yeah. and he and you know how the people tried to get him to come down, they were making all these stories. Yeah. The king wants you, he wants you, and, and, and Nehemiah was like, and, and this is what, what I've used now when people try to say, well, Red, why don't you do this, or you should do this in addition to that. When people are trying to get you off purpose, off what God has told you to do, this is the perfect word. And Nehemiah said, I can't come down. There's, I got work to do. <laughs> and I love that. So when you're studying and people say, well, don't come do this, you told them, I can't come down. I got work to do, a good work to do. I, wow. I, I, I love the simplicity of the word of God. I can't come down. I got work to do. He didn't, have, he didn't mm-hmm. give you a discourse. He gave you one simple phrase, and if you can't understand that, <laughs> if you can't understand that, I love this. That's why he said he uses the simple things to confound, oh, our wisdom, man. We just think it's got to be grand and big and fireworks and lights and cameras and action when sometimes it's just a little simple word that, no, baby, God really loves you. And he don't want you to live yeah. like that. And, and, and you have to be led by his spirit. Because he, he, he knows, he knows uh, nobody comes unto him unless he draws them. And that's what, that's what Jesus says. They don't come unless I've drawn them. That's so right. And I want to tell people where that's found. Um, you know, when we quote, I like to go back and find it. And what I was just quoting about, I got a good work. I can't come down. I got a good work. That's Nehemiah 6. And so um, there are many different translations in there. But if you go to Nehemiah 6 and what he says, so I sent, sent messages to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project and I cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? 
<laughs> and another Help translation me. says, so I reply by sending this message to them. I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Oh, I love it. I love it. Tell them Nehemiah. I like that. I mean, you tell them I love Nehemiah. <laughs> yeah. I'm you tell them. What did you say? Oh, yeah. I yeah, you please do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use it now, Michael. When people try to tell, well, Loretta, maybe you should do this, or maybe you should do this. I, I can't come down. I gotta go. I'm doing a good work. I'm doing a good work. Oh, I know what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. Why should I stop this great work just to come down to meet with you? you do. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. So no, and and so 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 if if. If you have not listened to all three, you got to listen to all three because they all tie in together. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. They, they're all tied together, the righteousness, the refinement, the representation. They, yeah. They're all tied together. They're, they're just some basic tools or basic reminders that, that God is using me to talk to his people to say, okay, let's, let's just get back to the simple things of life, something that people can understand. And one of the simple things of life is that is that I have stopped the sinning. Forget about that old saying, can't nobody judge me. God is my judge. Yes, he is your judge. <laughs> exactly. He's your, he's your ultimate judge. <laughs> and and you 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 gotta make sure that you got your your act together when he comes to judge you. And that's what I let him know. So I'm I'm here to help you get your act to judge. I'm I'm here to help you get your act together. That's right. To help you grow spiritually, to help you learn and become more of who God created you to be because he's gonna perfect us so when he comes back we, we are ready. And so that's what this is all about and, and I feel like you know, and not to belittle any of the prophets, but Michael is like my Elijah, and I hope to to be equipped to be similar to what Elijah was, Elijah. And that's just by continuing the good news, being in place, yes. being just yes. unapologetically bold and bodacious when it comes to living um, the life um, that pleases God. So that's that's what we do here on Tuesday. So um, hopefully you guys will continue to listen and learn and, and hopefully you're better for having tuned in with us on these Tuesdays. Tell your family and friends to listen to us. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, Michael's email address is gloryapp at aol.com. Mine's Loretta at lorettamcnear.com. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook all day long. You can leave us a message. We are available to you. We want to answer your questions. If you have any concerns about something we said, maybe you didn't get it or um Michael's available to explain it to you. He does that through Discipleship International. If you email him, you can ask him more about that. But he is equipping the saints. That's what he said. He's calling oh, yeah. the saints email. already. E- email mm-hmm. so text, email LinkedIn. Someone actually sent me a question through LinkedIn on uh, on last week, and I answered a question for her. So it's, I'm going to go whatever, wherever you can find me. I can help. That's right. He, 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 yeah, he is a man of his word. He said that he can back it up. That's right. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks so much. And he does respond. He will definitely respond. If not, call me, but I know he will. As always, everybody, we're so happy that you listen. And my new saying now is.
accept, um, embrace your power, walk in purpose, and live.